You know that phrase, you never, uh, wait, what is that phrase? You never knew to leave good enough alone, I think. Maybe that's not even a phrase. Good morning, universe. It is 7.37 on the 17th of July, and this is a part B because part A, which will come next, uh, has already been recorded. And when I say didn't know to leave good enough alone, I have an exactly 17-minute recording here on the 17th of July that even ends with, it's all my fault, which I am 99.9% sure I've never used before as an ending. And frankly, fits the... uh, it's the narrative exactly, so it's not even forced. That said, obviously I still feel like I have something to say, or I wouldn't be recording part B, which, if there wasn't linear time and an arrow constantly pushing us forward, uh, this would actually be part A, but because of that linear time arrow, uh-oh, this is part B, and that is not good. But that's okay. I will overcome my own bedroom uh, disorganization. Because I feel like in the next segment, I speak to um, shoplifting and do so in a way that I don't necessarily think I've taken myself to task enough. And I want to say that Uh If I have an evil little brother living inside me, he shoplifts. And it's funny, when I was reading up on uh, the conspiracy theory known as Pizzagate, what, five, six, seven years ago now? Whatever that was. Jeez, it's been longer than that even. Well, here's here's the thing. Let's let's just say that you happen to be uh, super successful, at least in the eyes of the community, um, human being who has a predilection for diddling and murdering kids. Let's just say this is who you are. Um, And I'm not trying to pretend that I'm painting a picture of someone like John Podesta or anybody like that. I am strictly saying that if your human makeup has gotten to the point that you are, in public, a respected and uh, admirable figure of some level of communal prestige. But in private, you're a monster. You're just unhinged and completely subject to the whims of evil forces from within. And it manifests in this terrible way that you pizzagate some kids. Well, loathsome though you are, and you are evil, I'm not in any way insinuating anything else. What's interesting to me is that you know you're evil. You know you're evil. And what I wonder is what it's like to be in the fantasy land environments that people admire you for 
the part of you that is exposed. But you know, as you're accepting this shower of praise, that you're undeserving. Because you truly know what you are inside. And so does that all just feel in the moment like it's... Mm, what would that feel like? I, I, so this, so this is <clears throat> what's truly mm, vulnerable here for me is I lived my life like this. Not to this extent. I wasn't diddling kids or fucking murdering them. I wasn't even doing anything that was uh, disruptive to anyone other than myself. But if I feel that my private life today were so um, um, sensitive that it couldn't be exposed on a whim entirely to anybody at any time, I would be living wrong for myself now. There's nothing I'm hiding. I have zero level of concern about exposure to anything. And I believe this is somewhat in reaction to the apparatus that now can spy on us from any corner. We are watched at all times. I never assume if I'm walking through a Walmart, I'm not on camera and that someone isn't watching that camera. It's, it's just the world we live in. And if you're going to force me into a situation where my privacy is essentially negated, well, then you're going to get a certain level of blah lifestyle out of me. I am in no way going to risk some incursion of uh, of the security or the state nature if doing what I normally do without cause is enough to keep that at bay. In other words, I'm not going to let you push me to an extreme reaction ever again. I've reacted extremely to the culture and situation we're all in for the last 40 years. And my sense of... You okay, Phoebe? Oh, my dog isn't good. I mean, she's a great dog. You're a good dog. <laughs> Such a good dog. Um, but the times that are coming, even just watching the stress on people's faces, they have to deal with escalating prices at the grocery store. There are impulses coming that I know will... Uh-oh, there he sees on? Hang on, pause. Okay, let's try to bring this back to not talking about kids being murdered by John Podesta. If, and I'm sorry, John Podesta, if you're listening to this, I'm... Not sure that any of that's true. And your name being associated with all that would be horrible. 
if any of it wasn't true. And if it is true, any of it, well, that's horrible too. I mean, not as horrible as the artwork. Oh, okay, yeah, it's more horrible than the artwork that's in your home, but the artwork in your home is fucking gross, dude. So if I'm at all capable of communicating with John Podesta, I'm going to tell you that your artwork indicates you have serious issues. And the artwork you choose to hang on the walls of your home, I think are as good a reflection of your internal sense as anything. So creepy, man, you're creepy, but I'm not denying you your right to sit here on planet earth being a creepy dude. As long as you're keeping that shit housed and not influencing any others in ways that are negative to their pursuit of liberty and happiness, be creepy, dude. But something tells me you're crawling outside that creepy box and have an influence on other people in wrong ways. But uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Except that dichotomy of having an inner life that is so protected from who your public life is. See, that John Podesta, that I know a little bit about. Because... I would force myself into those situations, much like I imagine if any of that shit that they say about you is true, you two are forcing yourself into situations. And it's like, why do we do this, right? Is it because we're named John? Maybe. Maybe all those references to us as urinals sent us off the fucking insanity bridge into the canyon below where anything goes. And so I would have these moments sometimes with myself as I'd leave a store having pocketed an item I hadn't paid for, thinking, okay, this is my tax against the man and their incursions and overreach into our structural society for no reason. But... That was all bullshit. I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to tell yourself that lie, then you have to ask yourself, am I willing to be the sort of dupe that believes it? Because stealing is wrong, even from the corporations. It just is. You want to have issues with their pricing structure and offerings? Then take it up with their avenue in which to discuss pricing structure and offerings. Don't just start pocketing Starburst watermelon drink mix or whatever else it is that may be overpriced and just $1 goddamn too much for this fucking purchase. There is no such thing. And I now take pride in how little I need to get by. The less I'm spending anywhere, the better off I am. And that's the game I now play. I think to myself, how little can I subsist on in this world filled with gluttony? I don't need any of that. I've been trained to think I want it, but that's not even true. So when push comes to shove, <clears throat> that might be my favorite cliche, by the way. It's either that or rock in a hard place. But deciding which of those is more fun to play with right now is not important. What is important is admitting that I've been a petty thief most of my life. And it's just been in the last, well, since I worked at King Supers, I guess. 
Um, it's just been in the last five years that I basically stopped. And I now in life would be able to justify petty theft from corporate structure, big box stores more than ever. But it's the last thing you're going to catch me doing because it would mean that I have to live with that lie about myself that this is justified. That's not as big a lie as it used to be. In fact, that might not even be a lie anymore. But it's still a transgression for me personally that's no longer available. And I'm not even telling the single mom who can barely afford to feed her kids not to take advantage if it's there to be had. I am a huge fan of Robin Hood. Of all the heroes in life to identify with, he'd be my number one. But that's neither here nor there when it comes to me personally. And the next recording here is going to possibly undo a little of what I'm trying to establish right here. And I don't want to be a hypocrite with the next segment because (laughs) I got lucky. Well, not anymore, but I got lucky in the sense that this is coming up now, not five years ago, not 10 years ago, not whenever. And somehow I feel like karma is working with me here and making me aware of a situation that I thought I'd already rectified, but now have reinforced as having rectified correctly. So that's a lot of malarkey to lead into what is now going to be a 31-minute recording, because the next 17 minutes, well, I actually recommend you listen. Ah, good morning, universe. It's, uh, it's 5.55 in the a.m. here on the 17th of July, Monday. Uh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, oh, hey, guys. Okay. No promises on the yawning since, uh, I just got up about 10 minutes ago and I had intended to record last night. In fact, I intended to record when I got home from playing tennis. But on my way home from playing tennis, I stopped at Walmart and had an event at Walmart go down that I still am discombobulated over. Sorry for the noise. That's how discombobulated I am. I'm making noise with hangers and switches. Because I, uh... I was stopped at the door exiting Walmart last night after not purchasing anything and asked to empty my pockets and if I could, if my bag could be searched. And I thought as it was happening, first of all, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not stealing. Sure, I'll empty my pockets and show you my bag, you overbearing sons of bitches. No problem. But I'm never shopping here again because you're accusing me of theft on perhaps 
one of the few days that you're wrong. And I'm not saying I've been stealing from Walmart. I haven't been. But over the course of my life, to say I haven't uh, taken things from Walmart that I didn't pay for would be false. And while I don't shoplift anymore, um, I see more shoplifting now than I've ever seen. And I mean by customers, not like at Home Depot when I used to work there. Although, fuck yeah. Um, oh, I knew there was one more yawn in me. But as a, as a white male American, the thing at uh, Walmart is they've never, ever, ever even stop me from my fucking receipt. And I go make a point of going to whoever the receipt checker is and handing them my goddamn receipt because they never ask me. And they ask every other variant of person, whether you be a woman, a minority, a kid, an elderly person. Seems like the only people who have never been asked for their receipt at Walmart are middle-aged white dudes. Because I see every other variety harassed at the door to prove they've purchased what they're walking out with and never me. Until last night when somebody from Asset Protection got the cameras turned around enough to think I'd shoved something in my pocket and was walking out the front door. Wrong. When I went in there, having just finished playing tennis, the first thing I always assess in the evening is how many fucking registers are open and how long is the goddamn line? Well, in this case, they had two registers open. They had the self-help and they had the cigarette checker. So I could stand in the cigarette line, which was three or four deep with baskets overfilled. The self-checkout line, however, was 35 deep. It was fucking chaos, and nobody was working the front end. So, on a night when it was so goddamn crowded that when I had gathered up my chocolate chips, my milk bones, and my fucking Starburst drink mix, because all I had on me was nine bucks, it's not like I could spend a lot of money. Walking to the front thinking, uh, I don't want to wait in that line for three fucking things, only one of which do I really need. Milk bones. So, reluctantly, I walk back to where the chocolate chips were, put them back on the shelf, walk back to where the Starburst drink mix was, put it back on the shelf, and then, fuck it, man. I'm not walking these milk bones all the way back to the goddamn dog food. I'm going to stick them right here on this end cap next to this bottle of vinegar that doesn't belong here. And I'm going to walk the fuck out the front door because this place is a zoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can check my fucking bag. But I want an apology now because you're not going to like the outcome. And I'm never, ever shopping here again. So... I, uh, I'm not saying that this wasn't something that I even invited. I'm long overdue to be harassed at the door of Walmart 
compared to every other motherfucker you've told. Uh, can I see your receipt? You guys are assholes. The reason that we steal from you is because you are taking too much. It is a yin-yang relationship. The fact that I have quit stealing from you is just my good luck. Because I don't necessarily deserve the moral perch I'm standing on because you, Walmart Asset Protection fucking crew, fucked up. You want to catch me stealing, you better make sure I stole before you accuse me of it. The fact that you missed me? Well, just one more indicator of the competence of the traditional Walmart employee, if I may say so. Not only did you miss me, but you accused me one of the few times you couldn't have gotten me. I find that hilarious. I also find my karma to be fucking solid right now. Like, I do not need to be harassed by Walmart over petty theft. Nobody does. And so I hope that the entire apparatus of security and oversight that Walmart is developing is going to backfire on them and going to send more people like me to the door than they've ever dealt with before, and their business will go down. Because I am sick of shopping at Walmart. I have had nothing but miserable experiences there. So the fact that I now have a reason to never, ever go there again? Fuck, man. Between that and speaking to my sister again? Well, this may be the best summer of my life. Pause. Okay, and I haven't even brought this up, but I am playing out-of-my-mind tennis with these new rackets. I, I'm making shots that I have never, ever gone for in my entire life. And I'm making them regularly now. I, uh, I always thought I was ceiling limited in tennis. I just thought my game could only get to a certain level. And now I'm shooting past that level in athletic maneuvering. I didn't even know I had the capability to produce. And, boy, does that ever make me want to go play more golf. Pause. I'm also physically, and my whole life, I've basically eaten like shit. And mostly sugar. Because I think my mom, when I was in the womb, was a serious sugar addict. Or at least, that's the myth I like to propagate around the holiday dinner table. And... We even think it's accurate because my sister feels the same way and my mom's a sugarholic. So, the fact is, even in high school and college, when I was at my most athletically uh, active, uh, I never felt like I was uh, in the best shape I could get in. And I'm not saying that I'm there now. But there's no doubt that I look the best naked that I've ever looked. And I'm not doing anything to work out. Like, I don't know why my body is changing at this stage in life. But I can't, I mean, I'm muscular. I almost have a six-pack and I don't even do sit-ups. Which makes me think, 
if the world is being this kind to me, literally getting me in shape just from my traditional biking around and playing tennis, and by getting in shape, I mean the best shape I've been in. I bet I could go bike 50 miles right now and have lunch and bike 50 miles home. I'm, I'm not even sure I couldn't ride 100 miles without fucking stopping. I am as physically strong and as athletically uh, inclined at the age of 54 as I've ever been. Having played varsity sports in college and in high school, I'm just on another level. And even my eyesight is shit right now. Like, I don't think I've... Uh, I don't think I've been able to see the spin on a tennis ball since the 80s. And there's no question that if I were uh, if I were to play myself in some sort of uh, Freaky Friday tennis tournament from the past, I would blow any version of myself right off the court. My serve, which has always been the one weapon I've truly had in tennis, is, I mean, spooky how quickly I can place that serve where I want it. I have no explanation for how it is that here I am at 54, finally having figured out the key to advancing to a level above 4-0 tennis. And I have no idea why. I know that in any uh, physical activity now, I try not to. Uh, I try not to have my head anywhere but fluid. And even playing tennis, if I were to give myself credit for what has changed, I <clears throat> tennis is a weird game because you're you're either in a situation of isolation against one other opponent, or partnership against a pair of opponents, and no matter whether it's a twosome or a foursome out there, or even a threesome, um, the biggest disadvantage you can have is to allow the players on the other side of the net to think they have a mental edge over you. And the reason I can say that this is the uh, greatest flaw in my tennis game is because... Nowhere have I choked more significantly than on the tennis court. And as somebody who is prone to choking in the moment, that's part of the reason I think I have always somewhat disliked tennis. Because unlike golf, where literally you cannot in any way, shape, or form blame anyone but yourself for anything that happens on the course because there's no one else involved. On a tennis court, the person you're playing has a great deal of influence over your game and your possibility to win whatever match is set up. In other words, it isn't just how well I played on any given day. It's also the play of my opponent that creates the tension that is uh, uh, part of any tennis match and having succumbed to enough on-court 
tennis choking. Frankly, I had stopped wanting to play competitive tennis. It was bad enough that no matter how I looked at my tennis game, I was always underperforming. So, and and these are the little chinks in the armor that make you think, man, I'm a fucking coward. I can't even get my shit together on a tennis court where there's nothing at stake other than pride. And these sort of reinforcements would convince you that you just weaken the moment. And if you allow that infection to start clouding your head, well, then you'll create a self-serving prophecy and become weak in the moment. And once you think you're weak in the moment, well, now you are. Because that's what weak in the moment is. It's not believing that you brought enough to succeed. Doubting yourself and the situation you're in as something you can overcome. And maybe that's all that's changed in my tennis game is I no longer fear the moment. In fact, now, I'm looking to embrace it. I'm thirsting for some competitive tennis at a level that can challenge me. Because right now, my traditional sparring partners, they ain't it. And that wall, as much as I can give it a beating, it can only return so much fire. So, for the first time in a long, long time, I think I'm going to join the Fall Tennis League here in the Lakewood Tennis Center area and uh, give myself a chance to really see how far my tennis game can go. Because for the first time ever, I'm confident that the one thing holding me back in tennis, my mental game, has finally learned how to get the fuck out of my head and let me play some real tennis. And while I never had the same level of insecurity on the golf course, if self-doubt wasn't the number one limiting element of my golf game, I don't know what is. So with this uh, inner (laughs) reinforcement, that I'm stronger than I've ever been when it comes to thinking through what I'm capable of? Well, (sighs) if only I'd have thought this way my whole life. I'm telling you, we'd be on a whole different planet. I know that much. So, again, uh, it's all my fault.